Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 232. Today is Monday, May 15th, 2023. I cannot believe that we are at the halfway point of the month of May. It feels like it should be like May 3rd, maybe, maybe, maybe. But uh, no, alas, we are in the middle of May. Summer is closing in here in Oregon. It's uh, It's been nice and toasty. It was like 90 all through the weekend. I think it's going to be, it's like 90 today as well. Anyways, uh, so I'm feeling, I'm excited for summer. Uh, I do love winter. I do love the rain. Um, uh, I stay pacey white like throughout the entire year. Number one, because I work indoors. Uh, also, I'm a nerd and I play video games. And also, I just have naturally very fair skin. So it is like a big chore for me. My wife uh, tans like that. Um, I do not. I, I have to commit to like a whole summer of trying to tan and then I tan. Uh, otherwise, it just kind of stay pasty even when i go out in the sun and you know it's just whatever it's the english blood um that's okay though i don't care uh if if my pasty legs gross people out they can just deal with it that's what i say um so i just also wanted to say on behalf of everyone here at elijah fire happy mother's day to all the mothers out there we love you guys we honor you for your investment in your children but also some of you guys have become like low-key moms to some of us you've reached out and been really gracious and awesome and loving. Uh, so we love you guys. Happy Mother's Day. Um, also, if you guys are listening on Spotify, the Elijah Fire podcast on Spotify, and you are not following the Elijah Fire podcast yet, go ahead and follow us. That'll really help us out. And then, of course, wherever you guys are listening to this, whatever app you are listening to this podcast, if you're listening to the audio only version, um, give us an honest review. That'll really help us out as well. Share this with people, all that good stuff. Um, all right. So we're going to, Kristen and I like to talk. So I want to give as much time as possible to, to us because you know how we be um, once we get going. So uh, for those who don't know, my guest, she's a prophetic voice. She's a teacher. She's an author. She is a revivalist. She's also the founder of Arise Kingdom Ministries. Let's give it up for my guest and friend, Krista Elisha. Krista Elisha, hello. Hey. So hey. excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. So I just saw a comment from uh, Nash Illumination. That's shorthand for Illumination for those who don't know. Uh, she said it's officially iced coffee season. And I don't know. I don't. That's controversial because I don't know if it like, do you, is there an official ice? I mean, maybe maybe because it's like summer, it's like iced. But like I've had iced coffee. If I get sweaty. And I'm like warm in the car and we stop somewhere. I'm like, I'll get iced coffee because I need to cool off. But I, I mean, am always an iced coffee. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't really have seasons for hot or cold. Yeah. As weird as that might be. But I actually heard that if you drink warm coffee during the summer, it actually helps you cool down better than if you drink cold. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing because like when I was in India, they would come out with like piping hot chai. They'd have like chai breaks, chai tea, you know, and it was like really hot and we were, it was during the hot season. So it was like, I don't know, we were in like a deserty area. So it was like a hundred, I had to in like 112 every day. It was so hot. And they would come out and you're like in pants 
and oh you know it's like and give you this hot coffee and they're like oh it cools you down i'm like what bro like no it doesn't uh and then they were like no because it makes you sweat and then the breeze comes i'm like okay i'm sure there is logic behind that but it does not make me feel good to yeah well it's hot it doesn't it definitely doesn't sound refreshing so yeah. Yeah. Well, people, let us know in the comments. We got to know. It, do you agree with Illumination's assessment that it is officially coffee season or it, are you a year round iced coffee season or iced coffee person? Let us know in the comments, live chat, all that good stuff. So, Krista, you got a lot of exciting things on the horizon. One of them being you're going to be in Warrior, Alabama on June 3rd for a youth conference. Mm -hmm. at the uh, church international with the bullocks krista bullock specifically krista and krista are meeting in person for the first time. isn't that crazy yeah so yeah. cool though hold on i actually have to look on my website like the dates and my events i'm, <laughs> I'm pretty cool. sure it's june 3rd because i i i looked it up yeah so actually this uh may 25th and the 27th i'm going to be speaking at the Friends of God Prophetic Conference here in Cincinnati at Northwest Vineyard. Nice. You can find all this stuff on my website too. Yeah. Um, and then the it's June 3rd at 7 p.m. I'm going to be at Church International. So with the Bullocks at the Meet Me on the Roof, Rooftop Youth Conference. Um, but that's open to everybody. Um, I don't believe that they're doing registration. It's just open to whoever comes. And so they'll be non-youth people youthful people in the lord there are welcome as well um and then i will be at the abbey farm in louisville tennessee on july 7th and 8th at 7 p.m uh the lord told me to call this event because this is one that i'm actually hosting it's called uh the real love revolution Okay. So um, we do not have, that's just open. There's no registration for that, but it is seating limited. So um, doors will open at six and I suggest, you know. Getting there yes. uh, early. So that you can, if, early. You, if sit, sitting is your thing. Yes. Then, yeah. Yeah. And Otherwise you're so on the floor. Right. And then I actually have another really exciting announcement too about one more really big event that's coming up in August. Okay. And that is going to be at um, the Nation's Glory Barn in Waldorf, Minnesota. We are having the first ever Men and Women's Arise Summit. Wow. Yes. So, that's and exciting. There is massive capacity we're just going to have an outdoor revival event and i have some really anointed guys um i'm waiting to hear back from um a couple people to see if they're going to be available for that date but um yeah it's going to be amazing god promised us that a righteous men's movement would rise up with the women's movement and the the last two summits that we've had like husbands that have been impacted by their wives' transformation have been like curious and they want to come. 
So wow. at first we were like, well, yeah, you can come, um, but you'll have to volunteer, you know, and they just wanted to volunteer so they could be in the glory. Mm -hmm. um, but this time I felt like the Lord said, it's time to just open it up. And okay. So this isn't like official, official, but I'm going to throw it out there because I want to make it officially official. I want to do a mass uh, wedding vow renewal on wow. the last night. Awesome. How awesome and it's open to kids so we're gonna have kids ministry going on too so y'all if you are looking for a end of summer family vacation and you want to come get in the glory i want to invite you to come to the arise kingdom summit the first ever for everybody mm. um and we have we don't have the details open for that yet um, as far as like a registration, but we're the registration is going to be free anyway. It's more like just to get a head count. Right. Well, and you'll be back a couple more times, but by then, so <laughs> Probably. It, as it develops, you can announce it here and in other places as well. Yay. So, yeah. You know, everybody's excited. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So uh, we titled this episode, Watch for Rising Stars, and it was based off of a... Um, you had a vision about this. So I'm going to give it, give the floor to you. You can tell the vision, all that stuff. You can set it up however you want. And then we'll, we're going to talk you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So this has actually been a word that I feel like God has been unfolding um, for me personally. Uh, and for a few other people that I know that are right, that have been, um, I should say up and coming voices of justice um, for a few months, I, God was speaking to me about the North star Polaris. <laughs> and okay. I actually wrote a recovery program or um, called Polaris because Polaris was the star, the North star that the slaves in the South would um they were taught to follow to navigate their way to freedom and um it happens to be a, a big uh spiritual historical inheritance here in cincinnati because cincinnati was the freedom point when it was once they crossed the ohio river then they were um considered in the northern territory where right. slavery didn't exist so um, so I wrote that program and it's, it's all about sharing testimony and sharing wisdom, uh, from experience, right? People have opinions and opinions are good for squat <laughs> unless you have experience, like you don't have much to offer, you know what I mean? And, um, that's part of this word too. But um, when you sent me the message and asked if I could be on today, um, as soon as I read the message, I had this vision in my spirit of stars rising. Okay. And um, it looked like they were coming up out of the nations. And as I was praying about it, I was like, Lord, what, what are you saying about this? And he gave me Daniel 12, three, and it, where it says, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Hmm. 
And he said that he has been preparing his wise ones in the secret place, Mm -hmm. in the wilderness places. Um, And he actually gave me several uh, people throughout scripture that he likened these individuals to. And uh, one was Daniel. One was Esther. uh, One was Joseph and one was Solomon. Hmm. And he said that he, he is now moving these wise ones into their uh, elevated or ascended positions so that they can radiate truth and justice in the midst of a dark and ungodly culture. Mm. And he began to just, I don't know how any, any other way to explain it, but I call it infused knowledge where just as you're praying, he doesn't give you specific like words or language, but you just all of a sudden know. Yeah. James Gall calls that as a knower. Like a you, knower, just, you yeah. just know. Yeah. Yeah. Where it just like the, the knowing becomes part of you. The mm-hmm. knowledge becomes part of you. And I knew that these were people who had been taken through serious, like a serious humbling process um, to be prepared for what they were called to do. Um, so I felt today, you know, just kind of talking about wisdom, because I feel like number one is that we, we're all called to be wise. Like, I mean, you see that theme all over scripture. Mm-hmm. God has an entire book, the book of Proverbs that's dedicated to wisdom And if you look at, you know, James, he, even James says like, ask for wisdom and God will give it to you. It even says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So the reverencing the Lord. And so me personally, um, I feel like as believers, to be truly effective believers, we need to be asking God for wisdom um, because as we're seeking wisdom, we're going to be seeking God. We're going to be seeking to know God. And when you know God, that produces a humility. um, And then that's when he can open up things to you that other people like that you can't get from other resources. Like, wisdom originates in God. Mm-hmm. And, um, as I was praying into that, uh, the Lord just told me to look up the definition of the word wisdom. And I mean, it literally means the ability to use your knowledge coupled with your experience to make good de- decisions and sound judgment. And so, um, wisdom is knowledge that's either gained by experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's why testimony is so powerful, you know, um, especially when you're ministering to somebody who's maybe an unbeliever, yep. they can have lots of arguments and opinions about who they think a higher power God is or whatever, but they cannot 
they cannot explain your your experience in an intimate connection and relationship with God. They can't explain right. that away. Right. No. Well, they can't tell you, oh, you don't, you, I mean, they can doubt whether an experience happened, but they can't ultimately can't tell you that didn't happen. You, they, you know, cause it was your experience, right? You, it happened to you. So, yeah. Right. And actually, you know, it's funny, this is something that like we used in um, Narcotics Anonymous when, yeah. when, you know, I was in that 12 step program mm-hmm. um, is that we only shared our experience. Strength and hope is what they called it because uh, they recognize that the same thought process that ends you in a bad situation is not going to land you in a better situation. That is like the epitome of insanity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so instead we make decisions based on experience, not just our own experience, but collective experience in the group by sharing when, when we're struggling and then asking others like, Hey, have you been through something like this? And if you've been through something like this, how did you navigate through that? Will you share your experience? And then you receive their experience, you know, what you can use and you leave Mm -hmm. the rest. And, um, that's something that we don't see in the church. Uh, and I feel like we need to start asking others for their experience and navigating tricky situations, whether it's relationally or, you know, like if I'm struggling in my marriage, the very first thing I want to go do is I'm going to find a couple who has a, a great marriage and I'm going to ask them, Hey, what's your secret? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm going to seek out knowledge and wisdom and in order to apply that to my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but it all begins biblical wisdom because there is the wisdom of the world, you know? Um, and that is completely contrary to, to God's God's wisdom. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it never fails, Jeff. Um, here's a really great example. Um, so wisdom in the world's sense would be that before an organization makes a risky financial decision that they have a certain amount of revenue coming into that organization every month, you know, and that it's reliable, you know what I mean? In order to sustain the health and the longevity of that organization. Well, like that's not God's wisdom, right? God's wisdom is you don't hoard <laughs> what you have. Yeah. So, and you'll receive a harvest. Yeah. And sometimes and- he's like, put all, put all your eggs in this basket. And you're like, yes. And are you sure about that? (laughs) Right. It, and there are going to be things where like, it looks like what you're doing is really foolish, but Mm -hmm. it's really wise because you're listening to God. You're obeying him. You're being humble, recognizing that you don't know the beginning from the end, like he does. And 
saying, okay, I, I trust you to know what's best for me in this situation. And then it actually drives us into greater dependence on him to come and break through for us. And then when he does, that increases our faith for the next thing that he asks us to do, right? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Um, a friend of mine, he's an older gentleman, love him to death. His name is Richard. He said that one time he had heard that a miracle, uh, a, a good definition for miracle is a supernatural happenstance that increases your faith for the next supernatural thing that God wants to give you. And I'm like, you know what? That's right. Um, Because if you see God do it one time, then the next time he asks you to do something or you're depending on him, you'll believe not just for that, but believe for greater. Hmm. Can you give that definition one more time? That a miracle can be defined as a supernatural happenstance that produces a greater level of faith for the next supernatural event to happen. I love that because I think sometimes when we we can we can kind of limit even what our definition of a miracle is. Um, so we go, okay, what's a miracle? Uh, somebody getting healed, uh, limb growing out, uh, eyesight getting restored. Yes, but financial provision that when you prayed and God came through and boom, you get a miscellaneous or uh, an anonymous check in the mail, or, uh, you know, it could be a myriad of different things, getting a job that you absolutely needed that you knew would be like, a game changer, you know, like those can be miracles too, because those will increase your faith where you're like, man, like God did that. What else can he do? You know, anything that produces, I mean, according to that definition, anything, anything that produces within you a, if God could do that, what else could he do? Like that, that would fall, all that a lot would fall under that definition that your uh, friend gave. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, Faith and trust are synonymous, right? It means the same thing. Mm. And I always see like, you know, when God is calling you or when you are asking God to give you greater faith, you are going to be met with greater difficulty. Mm -hmm. You're going to be put in situations (laughs) where (laughs) like, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm going to be transparent, right? Mm Because like, I am in that place right now, man. I am in that place. I've been in that place. Um, and I'm like, oh my Lord, like I'm, I'm nearing the end of it. I know that breakthrough is happening, but if I'm being completely honest, I'm physically wore out. My bank Mm -hmm. accounts are drained right now. Um, I don't know where certain things are going to come from. Um, and all I've been able to do it might is just do the next thing that God has told me to do. And sometimes that's just rest and pray in the spirit and say, God, would you give me wisdom? Would you give me strength? I literally cannot do this on my own. I, I can't, I can't even expend mental, emotional, or physical 
energy to worry about these things or to try to get an answer. So I'm going to need you, God, to come and show up for me. Mm. And I'm going to yeah. trust that we're going to get on the other side of this and that there is some big, beautiful blessing on the other side and I'm not going to give up. I don't know what that is over there, but I'm refusing to give up, you know? Yeah. And well, and in those really quick in those, in those moments, I mean, what you're doing, what you've embarked on now, you knew it was of God, right? Oh yeah. So it's really important to remember those things that's why like i always tell people i'm like write down what god has said to you because when you get into the moments like with what krista is going through man things start to get fuzzy like that's where the enemy starts to come in because you're like transitioning from one arena to another and in that transition period satan can try and come and he wants to knock you off course you know or wants you to try and about face and and it's like the current is so strong in the direction of where you were to where you're going that mm -hmm. to turn around and try and go back the way you came, you're swimming up current and you're already so tired by that time. So to do, I mean, it's a one way trip, right? So um, I think it's really important to remember God's promises to you that that provoked you stepping out in faith to remember those things and to remind yourself of those things, because when you go through the storm, man, like that ship is sailed to be like, Oh, what was God saying again? What did he say? I mean, I heard him the first time, but <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that is exactly yeah. the thing, you know, mm -hmm. and like, and that's what I've been doing is making war with the prophetic words. Like, okay, God, like this situation, it's drained me, but I remember the dream that you gave me. I remember the prophetic word that you gave me. I remember this other word that confirmed the two other prophetic words. And so God, I'm all in and I'm going to trust it's going to be okay on the other side. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and that's exactly what Joseph did. And Joseph was a star. He was one of the, this is, he was a prototype for these rising st stars, you know, and, and it all, I, I just, I feel like the big thing that I want to hit on today is like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that starts with humility. Like if you don't have humility, you do not know God. God is, I, I will never forget. I asked the Lord one time, like, God, what could make Lucifer in his right mind? Like, how in the world could Lucifer ever think that he could take you? Like, how could he think that he could ever take you? And he said, because I'm humble. Hmm. And I was like, what? And he's, he gave me all these verses about how he's, you know, Jesus, right? If, if Jesus is the perfect uh, reflection of the father in the earth, right? That if we see Jesus, we see the father. Jesus humbled himself more than any other man, even unto the point of death. And because he was so humble and so lowly, he never sought his own glory. He only sought the father's glory, meaning he gave everything. He never, he never promoted himself. In fact, he told people not to tell anybody who he was. Mm -hmm. 
right? Like that is God's business model, right? And he went so low that that is why he was given the honor of being elevated, promoted above all other powers, all other kingdoms, Hmm. because it's only when you are humble, can you be trusted with power? Yeah. And that's why Lucifer yeah. fell. That's why he fell because mm-hmm. he, he was not, he wanted to be like God in a twisted sense. Yeah. Meaning he wanted God's power. He wanted God's authority. Um, and, but he believed that he could take that from God because when he looked upon God, he saw somebody who was humble. Mm-hmm. And man. I'm like, man, that is so like that absolutely that really challenged me, but it was also very revelatory because mm-hmm. I mean wow. <laughs> like, well, yeah. So it's interesting that you bring this, this up specifically like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then how essential humility is, is because Lauren and I were on a great conversation with a good friend of ours um, over the weekend. And we talked about this very thing. We were talking about people in ministry and we weren't like naming names or anything like that, but just saying we've observed there are people that, you know, they're operating within their gifts, right? Uh, so the the gifts of God are without repentance, but there there was like razor thin character. It, it, so there were big character issues, and so as a result, you know, also talking about how there's been some people that we've met who are you know in our years of ministry, um, you know, both Lauren and myself, and then our friend that they're not as they seemed, you know, and um. And then maybe there was things that got outed and there was just big character issues and just saying like, and then we were talking about like the promises God has given us and going, God has reassured me so many times, Krista, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much, uh, how little experience you have in something. Obviously there are areas where God is like, Hey, I want, I've called you into this arena equip yourself to the best of your ability, you know, uh, be tenacious with that. But ultimately that's irrelevant if your character isn't, isn't in line. Cause it's like, I've seen God expedite people in a very short amount of time in terms of like moving into their, where God called them because they got the lessons that were needed in order to last a long time, to run the race well, to have proper endurance. Um, you know, uh, longevity in whatever the arena is that they were being called into because they did the work behind the scenes. They allowed God to do all the stuff in here and in here in their hearts and in their minds. Um, and I think that's, man, if, if I, I don't care, like, that's what I care more about than, than like anything else that God, the promise is seeing the the promises God, because I know that they will, right? Like we have, we can stand on, so long as we're following God, we can stand on the promise of his word being fulfilled in our lives because scripture teaches us that God's word will fulfill the purpose for which he sent it. So mm-hmm. I think, um, I think you get what I'm saying, but I just think like character is so important 
and being humble and absolutely and just being like, remember, never forget that the only reason why you are here, the only reason why you are here is because of the grace of God. You know, yeah. that is so important to remember. He is the reason why this door is open. He is the reason why you are in the position you're in, not just you, Krista, you as in us collectively, uh, whoever's listening to this or, yeah. or mm-hmm. watching this. Yeah. No, that's so true. And the word reverence, I mean, that, that the word fear that's like the reverence and fear of the Lord that's used there, it actually means to have a deep sense of um, respect for someone or something and more than it is to be afraid. But I mean, you, you, you should kind of be afraid. I mean, yeah. Healthy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wife, like that was something like, So I actually had an encounter um, years ago uh, with the fear of the Lord. Okay. Um, And it was very shocking to me when it happened. Um, I was just in my kitchen and I was worshiping God. This is probably like at the beginning of my, um, my real heart healing, my character development you know, journey for ministry. I didn't even know that I was going to be doing ministry. I just really wanted more of Jesus. And then, um, then I got to a place where I was actually seeking ministry for affirmation and approval. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's that's nasty business. It is nasty business. And I'm so, so thankful that God corrected me. Um, and he showed me that um and i was able to repent and buddy by the time it was over i didn't even i didn't even want ministry again Mm -hmm. like you know when god finally promoted me um it was i was totally satisfied with where i was with him Mm -hmm. and um I had just had a conversation with him and said, I'm really, you know, God, I'm, I'm satisfied mm-hmm. here. I, I don't really need anything bigger. I don't need anybody to know me. I just want people to know you, but God, you did give me these words and I want to be obedient and I don't want to let these things go if this is in your will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't make them happen. So you're just going to have to, you're going to have to do it. And he said, are you willing to be despised for my namesake? And I said, well, yeah, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Mm. And literally the next week is when that running video went viral. And yeah, and I got death threats over that thing. So I um, don't get that. <laughs> so weird. You know? That's the weirdest reaction. I know it's like Satan, but it's like, on the surface, always I'm like, that is the weirdest reaction to something like that. Like, demons are weird, man. Yeah, they're stupid. Yeah. <sighs> so, but no, I mean, and I'm so grateful for all of that too, you know. Yeah. Um, but with this encounter where God was developing my character, it was actually because I had met a big name person okay. and I was extremely wounded and disappointed by their pride. And I said, God, please don't ever let me become like them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to be a believer, even if I operate in power and I see crazy signs and wonders, God, like don't ever give me anything that my character can't uphold. Mm 
you know, cause I don't want to hurt your people. Like I was hurt. Um, and so this day I'm just singing in the spirit in my kitchen and, um, all of a sudden I can't remember what I was singing cause it was just a spontaneous prophetic song. Um, but I saw this giant lion that was made of pure energy walk into my kitchen and it was gigantic. Um, and he stood over me and he roared and it was like the most fearsome, terrifying. I was literally so overcome with the power, um, and the ferocity of this lion and the sound that it made and its teeth that I tried to lay on the floor and I couldn't even lay on the floor fast enough. I just ended up like bending myself all the way over and I began to weep in terror. And then I found myself praying in tongues and saying, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I knew that that was a scripture, but I had actually never read it. I didn't know, like I had never read it in the Bible, but I knew in my heart that it was in the Bible. And so I Googled it and I found out that it was in Proverbs. And I was like, oh my gosh, like God, that's you. And then I just sat there for a while, very shaken And I felt his love wash over me. And then he said, this is what I look like. This is who I am. To know me is to know wisdom. And he said, you cannot be afraid of man and, and fear me and respect me. And then he showed, he's like, now let me show you what the enemy looks like when I'm your friend. And I actually ended up, um, it was funny because he took me into this, this other vision where I looked like, um, Lucy from, uh, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe uh-huh. where she's running on Aslan's back, you know, the big lion. And he's like, when, when you're clinging to me for what you need, this is what the enemy looks like. And he showed me this mangy, skinny, nasty looking old alley cat looking lion. You know what I mean? Like more pitiful than scar from lion King. And he had no teeth. He was toothless and he was a coward because when we showed up and he saw, um, who I was with, he would run away and hide. Hmm. And he said, the enemy is a cowardly lion Hmm. when you are clinging and walking in reverence to me. Um, and then it was a few years later. So that actually taught me that to, okay, God, like you're the boss. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't ever want to encounter you like that again. Um, where I have to be terrified to be in your presence. Um, so you have the right to tell me anytime that my behavior doesn't look like you Hmm. and I will swiftly repent. And I mean, like after that, David, my husband must've been so excited because (laughs) every time (laughs) we would like get in an argument and I would say like, I wouldn't even like be mean, but I would know in my heart that I was thinking mean things. You're being sassy. 
in my head I was, but yeah. I hadn't said it, you know? Yeah. And so like, I had this appearance of like holiness, but I, I knew in my heart that I wasn't being holy and mm. I would literally feel so convicted. <laughs> I would run to David and I and say, I'm so sorry. I have to repent to you because you know, X, Y, and Z. And I mean, in, I think, cause that was during like his process of like, getting healing too. He didn't mm -hmm. believe in the Holy Spirit and he was like questioning all this stuff that was happening with me. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And it actually ended up being assigned to him. Like my humility ended up teaching him about the reverential fear of God. And it led him into wisely allowing God to be the Lord of his life because he saw the way that I walked in, you know, circumspectly before the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, even if to the outside world, it didn't appear that I was sinning. I knew in my heart that I had fallen short of God's perfect love towards my heart, towards my husband. And it, would drive me to the place of desiring reconciliation because I didn't want anything to be in the way between God and I. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's what true holiness is. And then as you continue to walk in that, um, you, you gain knowledge, you gain ability, you gain experience, and you're able to make God decisions and you're able to judge between what is good and what is evil because you know God intimately and you know what he loves and you know what he hates. And, um, that, that ties into like Joseph, which who I said before, he was like a type and shadow of the, you know, these, uh, or God gave me him as a prophetic picture of what these rising stars are going to look like in this hour. Uh, you know, Joseph, he had this dream, right? <laughs> and in the dream, the kid was prideful. Okay. Let's just be honest. He was prideful. He was the last thing your favorite. siblings want to hear is that, you know, you'll, you know, their younger sibling is going to be over them. And yeah. You know, and, yeah. and guys, if you've not no. read this, this passage of scripture, you should go read it. It's Genesis 37. Okay. And, um, it's so funny too, Jeff, because I promise you, man, when I first got saved, God, this was like the first passage that God had me in was Joseph's dream. Interesting. And I, I even uh, with the kids, I was just trying to find wholesome stuff for them to watch. And we would watch uh, the Coat of Many Colors over and over again, that cartoon or Joseph's Coat of Many Colors or whatever it is. And I knew that God was like speaking to me that somehow this was a word over my life, man, I wish I had known, you know, that what he was saying was like, Hey, Krista, I'm about to take you to the pit. I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take you to the prison. I'm going to, you're going to be betrayed and I am going to get all of your pride, all of your ego, all of you out of the way so that I can take you to a place so I can take you to the palace and I can entrust you with the people to feed the people. Right. And cause I feed people spiritual food by, you know, teaching and prophesying. And, um, it, it's when you get 
Joseph's mantle prophesied over you. It's you think it's all fun and games until you're thrown into the prison or, you know, betrayed and lied and slandered about. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and this is God's process of bringing a person to the end of themselves. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, he was daddy's favorite. He was given this robe. His brothers freaking hated him. You know, not only that, but his brothers that were like all born before him. You know what I mean? Like they knew that their dad wasn't in love with their mom. Like how weird, what kind of crazy family dynamic was that? Yeah. It's pretty and gnarly. then, you know, toss him in a, they're going to toss him in a cistern. Then they sell him into slavery. Like they literally sell him out. And the guy is drove away to a foreign country and he's made a slave. And then when he works really hard and does all the right things, and he even is a man of integrity, uh, some easy woman, right? Potiphar's I wife. My, I watch my language. Um, yeah. You know, she lies on him, tries to grab a hold mm -hmm. of him. The first thing she does is grab his mantle, right? See, for those of you that are watching, if God says he's putting a mantle on you, you have to go through the process of being hemmed and fit, fitted for that mantle. The mantle comes in a one size fits you when you're ready. And that means there needs to be a lot of cutting and trimming away of your flesh nature in order for you to be able to carry that and to wear it properly. Joseph was given a mantle of many colors, which I think is the manifold or multicolored wisdom of God. He's a type and shadow of Jesus. And then he goes through this process where it feels like the mantle stripped from him, right? Then he gets put in another situation and a Jezebel, okay, tries to strip him of his mantle again. And then he's thrown into a prison and he's forgotten about. And I truly believe that it was because in the dream that he had was about stars. He went to his, his brothers and he said, I saw uh, this uh, bushel of wheat, my bushel of wheat, and you're, you all had bushels of wheat. And then your wheat bowed down to my bushel of wheat. And then he had another dream where he was a star. And then there were 11 other stars and this, all of the stars bowed down to him. Hmm. And that was the dream. God was giving him a prophetic picture of saying there's going to come a day where others are going to humble themselves under your authority. And you're too prideful right now to be able to handle that. And so God took him through all of this to humble him. And then when he had come to the end of himself, and I'm sure that while he was in the prison, he had a conversation very similar to what I had with the Lord, which is, okay, God, I have accepted my lot in mm -hmm. life, right? I am at the end of myself. I will be satisfied here with you. But I have these words. I have these dreams that you spoke over me. And I don't want to let them go if this is your will for my life.
but you're going to have to make it happen because I can't do it in my own strength. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. it, that was when all of a sudden Pharaoh had a dream, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Joseph's dreams, the moment that he let those dreams die, he died to himself. All of a sudden, a person in a high place has a dream. And the only person that can interpret that dream is the man who let his dreams die. Oh, man, this is a word for somebody. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. He yeah. stopped trying to make it happen. He let his dreams die. And then he said, I'll serve that person's dream. Mm-hmm. And he come that's when, and that's when he was promoted. And then he realized in that moment, because he was willing to serve someone else's dream, that was when his dream came true. Yeah. Well, and I think it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier in that phone conversation I was telling you about, but I'm reminded of uh, Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, in regards to kind of what we're talking about, which is, I think we can get our flesh a little too involved uh, when God gives us a promise or shows us a window into something. And like what I was talking about earlier, how our character just does not line up with like, like we physically will get crushed under the weight of the thing that God wants us to carry and intends for us to carry, but we have to do it his way. Um, but I think often we can look we can even feel as, especially as we develop and as we're growing, we can start to feel a change within us to where you're, you're even the way you think and your mind is working different and you feel yourself kind of beginning to transition into this or getting ready to transition into whatever it is God wants you to, 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 to walk in. But we need to be careful that we don't go, okay. And then start forcing our way into something. And, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about trusting God. Like he's more committed to like, whatever he's doing inside of here, not out here. Mm -hmm. Like he's going to take care of that, but we need to submit to his will and, and, and yield to what he's doing in us and allow ourselves to be patient. But anyways, numbers chapter 23, verse 19 says, God is not human that he should lie, not human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And so no. that's a promise. There are so many scriptures that we can stand on like that one. Numbers 23, Verse 19, somebody's like, man, I got to write that down. Um, that is God's promise, right? God's word is not going to fall to the ground. So if God said to whoever, uh, you're going you're, you're gonna to operate in a high level of government. All right, cool. But you and everybody else knows, especially if it's like a government thing. Let's use that as an example. Oh, character, big time. Big time character, big time self-control. You probably should operate in the fruits of the spirit. One of them being self-control uh, in that avenue. So what, what is it going to take? You know, it's like, we all want these big words from God and, and he gives them. But then the process, like you described, uh, Krista, uh, it, you know, it's like that process of pruning, that process of refinement is that it hurts. It really hurts. Uh, because it means the end of ourselves. Yeah. So see, man, and that's like it's it's crazy because 
by the time, I mean, and this is, this is true for me. I can definitely identify with Joseph by the time his brothers came and they were bowing down to him and he revealed who they were. They were terrified because they knew what they had done. It was, yeah, what they did was horrible. What they did was absolutely horrible. And then they, they're here and this guy is like, is serving them and being kind to them and is, has all this power, all this authority. And they should have been afraid, you know, but God's wisdom, Joseph has had received God's wisdom. And so he in tears says, don't know what you meant for evil. God intended for my good. Right. And everything was, everything and more had been restored to him. And I absolutely 100% believe that as Joseph said that, one of the biggest blessings that he was conveying from the depths of his heart was, guys, I finally got out of my own way. Hmm. Like God finally got me out of me. I got free from me in that process. And, and that is, that's my, you know, my truth too. Oh my gosh. Like, can I just tell you how amazing it is to live a life that is like where you're unable to be offended? Like when God got that out of my heart where no, like literally nobody can offend me. Do you know how freeing that is? Like, I'm already dead. If I'm dead, you can't offend me. I don't have to defend myself. God is my defender. He, my, The fruit of my life and my character is going to stand the test of time when people slander me, when they falsely accuse me, when they, you know, do all the things that they do or where they misunderstand me. I don't need them to understand me. I know that God understands me. And not only does God understand me and he does he know me, but he's also given me the most um, amazing gift of having a few very, very close friends that even when I am stupid, okay, and I'm foolish and I make mistakes um, because we're all still learning and we're still growing, um, they still love me or they are believing the best about me, even when I'm not in my best version of myself, um, for whatever reason, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that's enough for me, you know, um, now when, when people leave my life, that does hurt when I've loved them, but grief is not the same as offense and it's not the same as being defensive. And, um, and actually that is, that is a manifestation of pride. Offense being offended is a manifestation Mm. of pride. Um, and it, it talks about that, that in James. So, you know, Joseph, he had this dream that he was a star and it wasn't that his brothers weren't stars. They were in his dream. They were all stars. The only difference was that the brothers stars bowed to Joseph, meaning they came under his submission. 
They came under his authority, but he had to be, they were still stars though. They were still shining in a dark generation. That's the original 12 tribes of Israel, right? Um, that their stories now lead many to righteousness because we can look at what God did in their lives the story, and the, take the timeless truths from their stories. Um, and we can see the prophetic parallels between these iconic characters and Jesus, who is the icon, right? And we apply those timeless truths and principles of wisdom and um, use their experience to be able to make good decisions and to be able to judge things rightly. And um, he, Joseph fed an entire nation. Now, you know, we see too, Solomon, he asked when the Lord appeared to him, when he became king, God said, you know, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon, I got to read this because it's so good. I love this prayer. And mm -hmm. actually I ended up when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, like the commissioning baptism, um, which was very different. That was like, I couldn't eat for a month. I was so shook by the Holy spirit. Um, I just asked him how to lead others to him. That's all I wanted. I said, mm -hmm. I just want to know you and I want to make you known. And, um, the Lord spoke this verse to me and I had never read it before. It's in first Kings three. Um, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you and I'll give it to you. And Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David, but I'm only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous <laughs> to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice. Hmm. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone else like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have, asked, you have not asked for. He said, I'm going to give you what you asked for. I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for, what everybody else asked for but you didn't ask for because you were humble in your answer. I will give you both wealth and honor so that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among Kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David, your father did, I will give you a long life. Then it says Solomon awoke and he realized it had been a dream. <laughs> But listen, Solomon, right after that, he he takes that in humility 
that wasn't just a dream. God visited me in my sleep. He came and he visited me. Now by faith, I'm going to go. And he actually went to where the Ark of the Covenant was and he celebrated and he offered up um, sacrifices to the Lord mm-hmm. by faith. And we, everybody knows Solomon wrote the book of wisdom. He wrote the book of Proverbs. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Right. And for me and for any of you that are listening to this, that you are, um, you feel God calling you into a leadership position, you know, God is I've shared this word on Elijah list and publicly on my platforms. God is removing wicked shepherds, wicked leaders in the middle of exposing like the wolves in sheep's clothing and um, removing shepherds that have become narcissistic and, you know, um, prideful and self-serving There's also this other thing happening right now in the body of Christ where there is a changing of the guards happening, where even righteous leaders um, that have been faithful generals in the body of Christ for decades, they are entering into their final stages of their time here on earth. And they are, they should be raising up people to carry on their legacy and carry on their mantle. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but in some cases too, that's not always happening. And so there's this changing of the guard where God is, is, um, sovereignly picking individuals from his flock that have went through the character development to be humble, like David in the field, right. That can govern. Um, so to be a leader, if you feel called to be a leader, number one, your leadership role is never meant to exert power or authority, um, in a oppressive way over the people that you are to be leading. Mm -hmm. We are called to be shepherds that follow after the likeness of the good shepherd, which is Jesus. And he guides, he instructs, he teaches, he comes underneath, he heals, he comforts, um, and he leads us. He's not controlling. He's not domineering. And um, that is that is really, in my opinion, controlling, domineering leaders have led an entire generation into rebellion because they have forced the law of God on a people that do not understand the love of God. Hmm. And wherever there is control, there will always be rebellion. Control breeds rebellion. And, and when 
for any of you listening, whenever you hear me personally, I can't speak about everybody else, but whenever I speak about the religious spirit, the religious spirit traffics in um, the law of God without intimate relationship and the love of God that leads us to repentance, right? That leads us into the desire to be holy. Mm -hmm. um, it's a fear of punishment. And, and I'm going to tell you guys too, I actually, um, I'm with the Joseph word. I just feel to share this too, um, that it was actually just recently I had several people who, and I've not had this happen to me before. Um, this is the first time it's happened to me, which makes me even more um, at peace in the middle of every, all the crushing that I'm in right now, I guess you could say, um, is that I, I don't know how, but I'm, I'm giving birth to something. And um, the Lord reminded me that really when a woman gives birth, it's a death. Like she goes and you die. And then you, on the other side of that, you become a mom. Right. So, but I'm in that process right now and I've never had this happen, but I've had people recently who were part of a demonic confederacy assigned against me to try to shut me down, close doors on me, slander and falsely accuse me of horrible, horrible things that I never, ever did. Um, even way worse, Jeff, than probably things you've heard. Mm. Um, I, I even had the leader of this movement. She called pastors locally when I am trying to advocate for life and call the church to rally around single moms and at-risk women and to educate them to be a voice um, in regards to this issue that is affecting all of us. And it, it's just the devil. But this lady called local churches and said that God was going to strike down their leadership if they allowed me to come speak in their churches. Like straight up, like, I mean, or would just straight up harass and release such a demonic. And people listened to that? Yes, there have been people that have listened Man. because of the way that this person has completely skewed who I am. And she's, she literally has an influence over a small group of people here. Um, and obviously, you know, she needs healing and I'm not speaking any word curses over her. She needs to repent. Yeah. Um, Spirit of conviction. Boom. Yes. Um, but I had several people who were influenced by her just recently within like the last month come up wow. to me when they, they have seen me speaking out places. I guess they didn't know that I was going to be the one speaking. And then they ended up being there while I was speaking and ended up having radical God encounters and have come up to me at the end of service or during worship because the spirit of conviction was on them so heavy. And they, through tears, began to weep and 
ask for my forgiveness for the things that they believed or the things that they said about me without even knowing me because of what this other person had told them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, good for them, you know, good yes. for them. But Oh, and it's been amazing because when they do that, you know, one, the criticism doesn't affect my heart anymore. I'm free from that. Um, I hurt for the church a lot. Um, but I really am free from people's opinions of me now. Thank God. Um, but I actually got to pray for them and ended up taking them through incredible deliverance, inner healing, uh, them having, uh, physical healing thing, like manifestations happen, like God really encountering them, um, as they've come up to repent and me just, you know, wanting to pray, desiring to pray for them that they might be healed. Um, and then they're getting free from, from that false doctrine or whatever it is. Um, and now more doors are opening for me. So it's, uh, that is definitely like God is doing something there in my life personally. And it feels a lot like when Joseph's brothers, you know, came and realized it was him and they began to repent, you know? And so I'm releasing that as a testimony over y'all that are watching or listening that that's, that's the season that we're in right now, guys, is that God is, He's going to cause your brothers and your sisters in Christ who wrongly assessed your character, Mm. right? Or maybe even they rightly assessed your character, but since all that went down, you've changed, you've changed. Yeah. And, um, the fruit of the character of Christ in you is going to begin to feed those people and nourish oh, those on. people's souls yeah. and be a witness to those people. And it's going to change their character because you are what you eat, right? So whatever you take in, it becomes a part of you. So like these people that came and repented to me, they had an encounter with God and they saw that the spirit of God was with me and that I was pure. And then they came and they repented to me face to face and I blessed them and I prayed for them. I fed their soul with the fruit of Christ that lives in me. And now they're changed, right? I actually gave, I prayed for an impartation. I said, God, the same spirit that rests on me, I ask that you would put on my sister right now in Jesus name. I ask that you'd put on my brother in Jesus name. And, um, you know, so I want you to take that as, as a prophetic word over, over yourselves right now, that wherever you've been misunderstood, wherever you've been slandered, wherever you've been betrayed, that, um, God is the God who vindicates you. And it's as you continue to walk humbly before the Lord and before people, and you are doing the right thing, Um, you're going to be walking in God's wisdom. Your life is going to shine in a dark generation. You know, in the Bible, um, all the, the theme for light in the Bible is revelation, meaning to see, perceive, understand for something that was previously unknown to suddenly be known while the, the overarching theme for the word darkness and even evil is ignorance. 
It's ignorance. God said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge of me. And because of their lack of knowledge of God, it led them into all this terrible sin, right? So these people obviously don't know God in order, in in the way that they need to know him, to know that he desires oneness and unity within his body rather than jealousy, strife, and contention, right? But as they watch your life, they're going to see him on display and you're going to reveal his character and his nature to them who were once ignorant of what it looks like to live and love like Jesus. Mm. And you are going to be a shining star in a dark generation that leads Mm -hmm. even people who are in the church who are behaving ungodly to repent. Yeah. Yeah. My encouragement to anybody who's like right in the middle of this, whatever God is going to desires to, to purpose through you, we as the body of Christ clearly need it. Otherwise he wouldn't have it. He would not have, put you along this path first off giving you that word and then put you on this path. We as the body of Christ need what God wants to do through you, not for your own glory, but for his, but there's something very unique that only uh, the Jason, the Jason's out there or the, the Elizabeth out there, you know, like they, whoever it is, you know, like you, we need that. And so stay the course, press in and just allow God to, to lead you down that glorious path of the end of yourself, you know, but we all, we, we need that. We need whatever it is God is doing in you, whether you're listening to this or watching this, whatever God is doing in you right now, you were born for such a time as this. Yes. Every single one of you, I don't care if you're like, Oh, but like, I'm a nobody. I'm like, you were born for such a time as this and whatever God is doing in you right now, the body of Christ needs it. So press in. So, yeah. Yeah, press in. My my suggestion would be, and I, I feel I feel the anointing on this, is um when you're in the crushing, when you're in the pressing, when these trials come, you know, when these individuals come to slander you, um, as, you know, the thorns in your flesh, as Paul talked about, the false apostles, they were as a thorn in his flesh. He wasn't talking about a disease. He was, he got healed. Every, every disease that he had, he was healed of. The dude got bit by a snake and he shook it off. Okay. Um, and then they thought he was a, a God. So they tried to worship him. Yeah. It, he, he, he was actually taught. It's, it, it's a Jewish idiom for someone being a pain in your rear end. Okay. Um, and that's in the old Testament. Don't believe me go look it up. But cause I believe it's always God's will to heal. Mm-hmm. And he oftentimes just has to get us out of the way so that we don't, uh, we don't extract any glory for ourselves. Um, that it's not our ego that is celebrating that somebody got healed. Like we healed them, but it's God receiving all the glory because it's him and not us. Um, but to ask God, what do you want me to learn in this situation? Um, before you point the finger at anyone else, look at yourself first. Ask God, 
oh, wow, God, I'm offended. Why am I so offended? Why do I feel like I have to be right in this situation? Um, where did this enter my life? Will you show me the lie that I believe um, that keeps leading me into these cycles of, of pain and, and, and harm, right? And I don't know, the Lord just spoke to me, the prayer of Jabez. He, uh, is that what it was? I, maybe it says, um, Lord, uh, keep me from causing pain and extend my territory. Um, find out what is in you that has you hung up and then ask God how to get free from that so that you can receive more of him and be prepared. It's, it's often in um, the trials that we learn our greatest lessons. And if we keep finding ourselves stuck in the same battles and the same cycles over and over and over again, it's because we haven't learned the lesson that we were supposed to get the first time around the mountain. If you want to get through um, your season of difficulty faster, uh, just surrender and ask him to teach you what you're supposed to learn in this process. And that's how you pass. And that's how you get on to the next level. Now there are um, seasons and the season that I feel like I'm in right now, God gave me a word at the beginning of the year that he was going to teach me endurance um, and perseverance and how to, to hold on. And I feel like um that is where I'm at and I'm learning just to hold on. And, you know, I'm just, I'm really grateful. I'm so grateful every time he gives me an opportunity to rely on him more. Um, it's in, it's really in those moments where you realize like, I've, I've really got nothing. I got nothing to hang on except for you. That's, that's, the hem of his garment, right? Like that's when there's a demand that is placed on, on his power to perform a miracle, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? So if you're in that place, y'all, you're in a good place. Yeah. Well, Krista, I would love for you to uh, pray for people. Uh, you can spend some time praying, praying for people. I think I think people are, you know, I think that'll really, really help a lot of those people, especially there's a couple of people that probably need a little bit of encouragement. I mean, I'm sure this episode has really encouraged them as they've been going through, through it. I'm sure it's encouraged you. I know how it can be when you're going through something and then actually talking about it and even vocalizing, redirecting things to God helps. So, yeah. So, yeah. So let's do that. So God, we just, love you. Lord, we just thank you so much that when we come to you as little children, we cry out to you as a child cries out to their parent, that you run to our rescue with a father's help. That's actually what um, 
what your servant David said in the Psalms. Whenever I cry out to you, God, you come running with the Father, with the Father's help, and you pick me up. And so, God, we're just we just cry out to you right now, mm. and we just ask you to come and help us. Would you come and speak to us? Would you instruct us? Would you give us wisdom, God? Lord, would you give us knowledge, wisdom to to know you by experience, to experience you and who you are, Mm -hmm. to understand the difference between what is right and what is wrong. And and God, the, the knowledge in order to apply the wisdom that we receive to our lives and walk it out. Yeah, I just feel like the Lord says that just just what he promised in his word in James, it says, and whoever desires wisdom, let him ask God for it and it will be given to him. Yet when you ask, do not ask um, with any doubt or wavering in your heart, but full of faith, full of trust, believe that God will give you what you ask for. And it says that, and if you doubt, you are like um, a man who is tossed to and fro in the ocean, unstable in all his ways. And so God, give us faith. Lord, if there's anyone listening right now and they, they need a miracle, maybe they just need a fresh touch from you, Father. I just, I thank you, God. I felt like I needed a fresh touch. And I feel like all through this broadcast, as you've been speaking through me, that I've been touched by you. God, I just pray that your tangible presence would just come and would touch your children right now, that you would just remind them that you are not far away, but you are near, that that is, that is a promise that you have made, that you allowed your son to be tore apart on the cross so that we would never have to be tore away from you again. Now we are, we are one in you. You would, the fabric of the universe would have to be ripped open for you to be ripped away from us. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Father. God, and I just ask right now, wherever there has been pain, wherever there has been fatigue, Mm. God, I just pray for energy. I pray for strength. I pray for vitality. I pray for your Holy Spirit to come and energize the, uh, the very cells of our body to infuse us with your strength. God, we decree that we are mighty in you and that your Strength is made perfect in our weakness. Father, I even just pray right now for a fresh wind. I just see a second wind just coming over the audience right now in Jesus' name. God, wherever it feels as if they have been 
knocked down and the breath has been knocked out of them, God. I just pray right now that you would breathe on them that the breath of resurrection life. Mm. God, and I decree, let there be light. Mm. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light, God. I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be illuminated, that we might know you and that we might be able to comprehend your love, which is uncomprehensible, how deep and how wide and all-inclusive this love is. And Father, I ask right now also that you would stir within your people a hunger to seek after wisdom and knowledge, that they would be a people that loves to learn about you, that they would be driven into the realm of wisdom and revelation and knowledge and understanding. And that they would have discernment. God, I pray even right now, God, the spirit of discernment that is on me, I ask that you release and impart to those that are listening right now, Father, that they would know you the one whom the father sent and that they would know the father and that is eternal life. God, I pray for an encounter with the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, God, that you would understand that they would understand who you are and that they would begin to live every aspect of their lives in a way that honors you and respects you and desires to walk as Jesus did, anointed with the oil of joy more than any of his fellows, for he loved righteousness and he hated unrighteousness. And God, I pray for for a people that would walk in the justice of God. That as they walk in the justice of God, allowing you, Lord, to judge them first. That they would shine in a dark world for your glory and that they would be like that northern star they would be like polaris they would be like esther whose name means star that would stand in the gap and speak and teach and instruct a generation what is true what is right and what is holy and that many would be led into spiritual freedom and out of spiritual captivity. 
as they light and guide the way in Jesus name. Mm. I got one thing um, and it's, well, it's, Brief. It's it's brief. Um, <laughs> I, I there's somebody watching or listening, and uh, you have a lemon tree in your backyard. Um, I don't know if you live in the southwest. Or something. I saw it was a female. Um, and and God just want to let you know that you go out there and you you that's like your secret place. Like you just sit by the there's like this seating area by this lemon tree, and God just said that He sees you. He hears the cries of your heart. And that he loves you and that he wants to encourage you to continue to meet him there. So that, that's what I got. I thought that was cool. That is so good. Yeah. There's actually even the fact that it's a lemon tree, you know, lemons. I remember in my healing journey with the Lord, um, specifically over like my sexual abuse and stuff that I went through and the grief mm-hmm. that I went through with all of that. Um the Lord showed me he was taking all of these lemons and he was squeezing the juice out of them. And then he began to speak into this big picture. And as he spoke, his words were like honey Mm. and he made lemonade. And he said, honey, I'm going to, I'm going to take the things that were meant to make your life bitter and sour. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to add my spirit. I'm going to add my word. And it is going to become not only a refreshment to your soul in those places, but I'm going to cause you to refresh others the way that I've refreshed you. Mm, that's great. And when you like look up lemons, like they they have so many health benefits, like so many health benefits. And one of my, the two health benefits of lemons that I'm thinking of right now, because this is a prophetic word, I'm piggybacking off of prophet Jeffrey Tharp is um, Bonnie in the chat. So she's got a <laughs> lemon tree in her backyard. That's amazing. I was like, I don't know, man. Like sometimes you just get a word and you're like, I don't know. And there it is. Come on. Obedience. Cause I'm like, that's just like, it felt that's random. Bonnie. She's yeah. one of my, my EMMers. Woo. Yay. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to catch no, you off. No, but lemon. So they're cleansing. They're a cleansing agent. Like you just take some, a lemon, half a lemon, put some salt on that bad boy and it will get up some of the nastiest, (laughs) like stuck on grease and grime in your kitchen, in your bathroom. They smell beautiful. And so they're cleansing, they're cleansing. They have tons of vitamin C in them, which is good for sickness. Right. And I just thought of like, you know, um, a longing, Oh, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Mm. Right. And so that's tied into lemons. And then the other thing with lemons is that they are good for digestion. So if you take a shot of lemon juice before, like, especially if you don't have a gallbladder, um, take a shot of lemon juice when you eat and it will actually help your body process and break down all the things that you've taken in, which is prophetic again for whatever you take into your life, you become. And if you don't pass and properly process the issues of life, you'll get 
a backup and you'll become toxic. But if you process it, if you digest it properly, then even the bitter acidic things become beneficial to your body and you get rid of all of the waste, all the stuff that is not, not beneficial. And so there's another little extra bonus, little bonus, uh, little bonus prophetic stuff. Awesome. Love it. Well, Krista, this is fantastic. I think this is going to encourage a lot of people. I think a lot of people are in that this place right now. Of uh, everybody's got a everybody's got a cross to bear, you know. And um, yeah, so uh, this is a very needed. I think there's a lot of people in transition right now, or have embarked on a you know a, a big faith step, right? Um, mm-hmm. And are kind of being pruned and refined and all that stuff so this is really 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 good um okay so how can people for those people the people that don't know how can people follow you stay up to date with all your uh exciting things yeah oh we got new podcasts by the way so right yes. yes so um the podcasts they are all um it's get lit live with chris alicia those are all um just the podcast or the episodes of all my live episodes that I've done on any of my channels and a few extra ones. And then, and I'll be uploading more to that too. We just have a backlog, but then my dude, Vinny Harris would come up here. Um, and my brilliant husband, David, uh, and my friend, Philip redeemed Hickman, um, who was, previously known as Ryland Redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um, they have podcasts too, and they're awesome. So um, all of those are up. There's links to that on my website. So just go to kristaalicia.com and there is all the little tabs up in the corner and you'll be able to just follow those to wherever um, that you want to yeah. check out. Um, and also, what was I going to say? Oh, I have new merch on the website, oh, which is super, what? super amazing. Hip. This is my new one. It says voice crying out in the wilderness. You can't see it all, but it's super cool. Um, I even have mommy and me shirts now. Mommy and me shirts. Oh, yeah. so like for like, so a- they can twin. So you can twin with your child. Oh, gotcha. So one, it says stay wild child of God. And then for the little kids, there's a little kid t-shirt that matches that um, says I am a wild child of God. And it's super cute. So we've got those on the website too. And all those, anytime you give, it goes to help fund our mission to um, care for the widow, the orphan, the single mother, the post-abortive mother, um, and to preach revival fire across the nation. So word. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Super easy. Just get a, go to her website and there's a shop option. You can go there. Yes. Uh, real easy. She's got tons. You're always putting up merch. It's because I'm an artist. I yeah. like, I can't sometimes just creating things is, it's my form of worship or my mm-hmm. form of prayer. So yep. literally all the stuff we'll on my it. shop, it's all prophetic art. It's cause I'm literally praying while I'm making this stuff. So love it. Love it. All right, Krista. Well, until next time, which won't be that long from now, you know, Probably we'll be not, back no. and we'll, we'll jam some more, but thank you so much. It's always great having you on the show and, and chatting. Yes. I love you, Jeff. I love, love you too. Yeah. Love nation, all you people. And I love all you guys. Oh, and you can check out 
EMM, Elisha's Mantle Mentoring, if you want more wisdom. We've got over like 100 hours on back sessions on that wow. and an awesome Man. community. So, yeah. and we have three live intercession groups every week that people are open to join now um, on different prayer watches. And we are currently doing Polaris, so the recovery group that I talked about. It's a mm -hmm. small group. We're doing those uh, live every Tuesday um, over Zoom. So if you're interested in having a fellowship where you can share testimony and receive um, deliverance and inner healing and, and do it in a safe environment, that's what we're doing now on EMM. So Awesome. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll Love see you guys it. next time. Yeah. Everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Monday. Tune in tomorrow. We've got Ivana Tia back. By the way, I got to spend time with her in Israel. She's like one of the nicest people in the whole world. <laughs> so um, she's amazing. So uh, instant friends with anybody she meets. Um, so she's going to be back tomorrow. It's going to be a great conversation. Uh, so don't miss that. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, ledgefire.com slash donate is how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. We love you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Ivana Tia. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.